Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Okay, very excited this week for our podcast to introduce neuroplasticity consultant Cheryl Batchelor, who is a global speaker on neuroplasticity and, and rewiring the brain and how that can help you achieve career success. So welcome to the podcast, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here today. Well, it's great to have you on board. I mean, uh, this is a, a very widely spoken about topic, but just for people who might not understand what neuroplasticity is and, and what we mean by that. Can you just summarize what it is you do and, and the types of people that you assist? So neuroplasticity is about the brain changing as a response to the environment. So our brain is constantly restructuring itself, creating new neurons, making new connections, and it's in response to what's happening into your life at that time. And what we thought about 15, 20 years ago that the brain was static, that the neurons that you were born with were worried and that the way that diseases were, if you got a disease, that was it. But we now know through this concept of neuroplasticity that the brain changes right throughout the lifespan. Even though there's critical periods in our lives where certain things in brain development are important, but there was some research come out the other day that showed very clearly that a 79-year-old person was still making new neurons in their brain. Very exciting. So at that age, even, you know, in, towards your late 70s, early 80s, there's still an opportunity to, to change your brain development and rewire it. So Absolutely. You can, you can think differently. Absolutely. Throughout your whole life. Even if you have an underlining disease, um, such as, um, if you're in the, depression or anxiety or some neuro like Parkinson's or dementia, depending on what stage you're at during those diseases, then neuroplasticity training can come in and help you refine your cognitive skills, which is one of the symptoms of those diseases. For example, you might be starting to think, oh, I can't remember how to do this anymore, or you find it really hard to um, listen with the TV on because of all the distractions and noisiness going around. And so you always constantly turn the TV up or you're turning it down. Or you might be having trouble understanding what people are saying. Now, just for people out there who have uh, you who are listening from a career point of view and might be thinking, oh, I've done something similar, you know, I've done a, maybe a personality test, a Myers-Briggs. This is very, very different, isn't it? This isn't about doing a, a quick quiz and determining a personality type or a, or a type of thinking. Can you explain a little bit more about what this entails? Yeah. So personality types, if you think of that, it's a high-level psychological process that categorizes you into certain areas, introvert, extrovert, etc. And there's all these different types. But what cognitive skills are is that we all have cognitive skills such as, if we just think of the three big ones, um, attention that allows us to focus attention and filter distractions, working memory, be able to hold information in our brain, manipulate it, process it, store it in long-term memory, and then be able to communicate that out. Um, and the other one is processing speed, how fast we can visually see something and how fast we can hear something and process that information. That can be all lumped under one term called executive function. 
Um, and the, the other element to add to this is cognitive flexibility, to be able to see things from different perspectives. We've all got those cognitive skills and they're all in, um, some of them are stronger than others. So this program is about identifying those cognitive strengths and weaknesses and refining them so that your brain becomes very efficient. Right. So what type of people do you assist with this? I mean, is there any sort of age limit? You just mentioned before that people in their late 70s and early 80s could even get some sort of benefit from cognitive training and and brain rewiring. At what age can can this start? We, We can test your brain health at age three. And there's some actual really good research showing in um, preschoolers that if we actually assessed working memory at preschool level, which is around that four, um, five-year-old, that's a predictor of literacy results later on in life in oh, school. Wow. So there's, there's this element of predicting that comes with looking at your brain health as well. Uh, uh, the youngest I've had is four and the eldest I've had is 57. So across the lifespan and the 57 year old was a corporate woman who, um, was, um, in Christchurch during the time of a big earthquake. And she, she had some neurological damage to her brain as a consequence of, um, the trauma from that. And it took, it took a little bit of time and it does take time, but we were able to improve her cognitive skills to a point where she could go back into, having her own business and being successful. So you're actually helping, whether it be children, whether it be teenagers, young adults, adults, seniors, you're helping them rewire their brain, but you're actually helping them, you know, potentially get back into work, get back into school, learn in a different way. So is there anyone that this isn't suited to or is this really open across the board? So it's across the lifespan, but how much it works will depend on if you have a neurodegenerative disease and the stage that you're in. So for example, if you're in the late stage Parkinson's disease, then this will be very tricky. Um, if you're in the late stage dementia, it'll be tricky or in, in Alzheimer's. Um, but cognitive trade is more for prevention of those diseases. For example, we know that if you do uh, cognitive training to help with processing speed, that you could, um, the research shows that you can delay onset dementia by 30%. So what you're saying is this with the cognitive training, and, and I know you speak around the world or in the US, USA, in the UK, is there's actually some pretty strong data behind this. Like it's not just um, like a small sort of theory or a test, et cetera, but is, is it scientifically um, proven, this, this sort of training? There is hundreds and hundreds of research papers out on brain training, cognitive training, computerized cognitive training, and there's a mountain of research for it and there's a mountain of research against it. And the differences being two things. One is the computer-based program, is it based on the principles of neuroplasticity? And has it got some really strong evidence to back it up that this actually works? So there are programs out there that are being developed that don't have scientific rigor, but they do have very good marketing. Oh, I see. So I guess if, uh, if a marketing company or individual picks up on something and thinks they can make a quick buck, then they might try and, and use something that's not as scientifically researched just to 
to try and get their own brand ahead. That's right. And my warning sign to, to people would be if the, a pre-assessment comes with a intervention, then that's your warning because really good artificial intelligence can show you that when you do a, an assessment um, and so it's going to show up as a weakness, then it's going to say that you're going to have to do our program to make you better. I see, right. Whereas what I do is have independent um, scientifically validated brain health screeners that are not linked to any um, programs for improvement. So no independent sort of company. You, you don't align yourself with any one individual or company as such. You keep it quite open and, and use the – are you saying use the best program based on the person's screen results? Yeah, so think about it like a doctor, that um, if you go to a doctor – the doctor will give you the best medicine based on what's best for you at that time. So when you come and see me, I screen you for your brain health and use scientific validated screeners and then suggest which program is best for your brain at that time to rewire it for what you need. So it's very personalised on the individual. Very, very personalised and this is why we get really good performance and really good outcomes because it's just tailored for that individual. And along the way, just like personal training does, for improving your fitness, we tweak it to where your brain is at that time and then make it go on because we've got to keep within the principles of neuroplasticity. So you're like a personal trainer for the brain. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the brain screeners. What's involved? Is that the first step for you meeting someone new who wants to enhance their performance or, or become smarter? First step is to screen their brain. So it's a scientifically validated computerized program. So I send them a link and they log into a particular site. They do the uh, online assessment. And what that basically is, is they, it's best to use a computer with a mouse, not an iPad. And they really need to focus their attention on doing the exercises and then variety like little games. Um, there's listening ones, there's pointing ones and there's visual things. And then after that, I get a copy, I get sent, um, a copy of the report and then I'll go through that with you and say, this is what's going on for you at this moment. And, um, this is what I suggest that we can do to, to work on this. And is this impacting in your life in any way? Where is it impacting? impacting this is what we can do to to help you so you're looking for the trends i guess from the brain screener and then uh, are you sort of identifying uh, areas that you really want to strengthen for your your clients and and then maybe areas which you see uh they're doing really well so you can pick up in in certain like is that how it works yeah and sometimes you look at the screeners and say oh my working memory is really low um but my processing speed is high Some people might say, oh, I need to work on my memory. But in actual fact, sometimes we actually need to work on the opposite to make the others better because the brain is one machine or what it's not even a machine. It's not even a muscle. It's, it's a variety of networks that sing. If you, they're working not together, we actually need to make them all work together. So you can do these programs online, but I guess by sitting with you or any other neuroplasticity consultant, the values in interpreting the data and then putting a program together? Yes, and making that very personalised for that person at that time and using the best program based on the the brain health screener's profile. Because there's a lot of programs out there, isn't there? I mean, if you put brain training into Google or, or search it on your phone, for example, you will come up with quite an extensive list of, of people who offer a variety of different training programs. So how would people sort of know what's good, where to start, and who to speak to? And, and that's a really good question, Pat, because there isn't anything out there. 
Okay. There, there's just all these online programs saying, do my program and this is it. This will fix you. Yeah. Um, and that's why people try them and just go, oh, well, that didn't work. And then just dismiss it as it's, but they haven't actually met with a, a proper neuroplasticity consultant such as yourself. Yes, that's right. Think about it like personal fitness. If you want to, you know, get ready for it to run a 25K marathon or you want to have some sort of goal of entering a weightlifting competition, you need some sort of trainer to be able to help you, you achieve that goal. You need a coach. That's right. To make sure that you use the best program with the best science around it. So you're not wasting your time. I think, you know, if you go to a gym and you start working out and you're trying to, you know, maybe bulk or slim down or whatever your objective is and, and you sort of don't see results the first time, you think, oh, well, I'm not, the gym doesn't work. But yeah. I mean, the evidence is it does. It just, you don't have the right program in place. Is that sort of what That's you're saying? That's spot on. For the brain? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Who do we know? whether it be in Australia or across the world, that's actually used uh, a similar type of program, uh, brain training, exercise that, you know, is, is quite well known or, or is sort of spoken out about the program and its success. So in Australia, the, the most famous one is um, Todd Sampson with oh, Redesign Your Brain. Yes, ABC's Redesign Your Brain series. So series one had Todd working with Professor Michael Merzenich on um, his program in improving his brain and making it faster. And actually, Todd's brain was actually um, improved by 30%. 30%. Yeah. Now, Todd's a bright man. He's a very bright, intelligent I man. I mean, he comes across as, as bright. I mean, he. I'm guessing he's probably four, in his 40s. Not sure. <laughs> I mean, he... I assume that's really impressive that a, a you know a, a male in their forties can actually improve their brain by up to thirty percent or, mm-hmm. or maybe more. Yep, yep. That that was just at the baseline after a short period of intervention, and that was done scientifically by functional MRI scans that actually can actually see the difference in his brain's processing speed, visual as well as auditory, after a very short time of intervention. Now the short the intervention period time is based on your baseline brain health screener. So some of us will need more, some of us will need less. So the screener is a, a you know, a, a really sets the foundation for what comes next and for how long. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's like anything. You get on the scales and you go, okay, this is my starting point to lose weight. You need a starting point, a baseline to start, and the screeners are that. Gotcha. That way you know whether you're making progress or not. Let's relate it back to someone who wants to improve their career or is in a job where they think they could really maybe get a promotion or, or um, apply for something which is, is the next level. How would someone like that kick off the process? You know, what, what would they do and what are the expected outcomes for them? So first of all, that screener. We need to do a screen and work out where they are at this particular time. And and in some cases, I do a, a number of different screeners. Yeah. So I can dip, dig down deep and find out which really um, sub-elements of the brain is a, is a bit weak. From there, we do a, a program, and that program involves computer and non-computer-based programs over a number of weeks. It could be anywhere between six to ten weeks, some people up to six months. But the outcomes from that are you'll be able to sharpen your thinking so you'd be able to think much clearer than what you are. You'd be able to make decisions a lot more rapidly because your brain processing speed is faster. A faster brain is a smarter brain. A slower brain is a noisy brain is a slow brain. So if you have a lot of chatter going on inside and a lot of chatter going outside, it's very difficult to attend. The other outcomes is you have more focused attention and importantly, you can filter distractions. 
but also when you filter distractions, you still have an awareness there that is alert but not suppressed because you don't want to be hit by a car while walking across the street with looking at your phone. <laughs> so you want to make sure that that's still there. counterproductive. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think most importantly is that it improves your ability to get along with others. Very important in the workplace. Yeah, and, and that happens by two things. One is your visual processing of emotions so that you can actually pr- see someone's face and look at that and, and, and correlate the right emotion to what that person might be feeling. That's one thing. And the second thing is auditory processing. So be able to listen in a conversation and really, really actively listen and suppress the noisiness in your own brain and really pay attention to that. Do you think people put enough value on um, commonly used terms such as sharpen your thinking and increase attention to detail and and emotional intelligence or self-awareness? And, I mean, do you feel like people put enough value on, on those attributes in the workplace and how much, you know, that could actually aid their careers? I don't think they do because I don't think they've been able to work out how to measure those things effectively. Um, and actually, and also look at the outcomes and how that is relevant to behavior and productivity. So I'm really keen to do some research in that area to look at how we can move our corporate people, um, in the workplace forward and what the outcomes would be. And one of the big things that I see relevant is um, particularly in the area of safety, whether that be mental health safety or physical safety, is that you know if, you, if your working memory is not there, you will forget things. Oh, I'm supposed to put my harness on before I do this. Oh, I'm supposed to sit in my chair properly to do this. I'm supposed to do this to do that. All those sorts of things. If your working memory is not going too well, then your behavior will show up. So are you saying that in industries where there could be high incidents of injury at work or accidents in the workplace that this could really be beneficial to those employees or those managers to introduce programs for their staff? Definitely. So there's that physical element for safety, but in regards to the mental health area, then it's about people processing people's faces effectively so they can identify the emotions and then go, okay, I need to kick in my mental health first aid course that I've done so I, so I can use the strategies there to do something to help that person. And then once that, once that person is better, because we know with depression and anxiety and stress, chronic stress, well, any type of stress really, it affects our ability to attend, to listen, to cope, all those things, and those things impact your cognitive skills. I feel like this is, I mean, you've been working in this industry for, I think this is the best part of a decade. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's still probably not a lot of awareness about the, well, what brain training is, but also, you know, it's long-term benefits, short-term, long-term for career and, and personal success? Yes. And I think we're still stuck in this deficit model of mental health where we really need to flip this and call it brain health. Brain health is preventative. And just like heart disease and diabetes and things like that, we need to take care of our physical things. We're taking care of our heart, but we're not doing enough to take care of our brains. Now you speak, uh, in, in USA on this and, and, and UK and you obviously meet like-minded professionals. Where is Australia in terms of its awareness and also likelihood to take this sort of training on in comparison to those countries? We're pretty well behind the the eight ball at the moment. However, there is some federal government initiatives going on at the moment looking at trialling some evidence-based neuroplasticity programs in some areas of disadvantage. 
Um, but I still think that we're a bit, bit behind. I think people are thinking this is um, a replacement of some services. It's not. It's an add-on and will add value to coaches, to trainers, to all sorts of it, – it's just we've all got brains and we can all benefit from brain health. It's funny you say coaches because I you were telling me actually bef- before we started this podcast that um, one of the best-known people that you know have been through this is Tom Brady. Yes. Uh, now, for anyone who doesn't know, he's pretty much the biggest quarterback and, and most well-known NFL player in America. Mm-hmm. And you were saying he attributed a lot of his uh, personal and team success to mm-hmm. undertaking programs very much like this. When he came back from... Um uh, he took some time out for a while and then he, he came back and it was about two years ago. For a year before he, um, before that big grand final, he used brain training as well as physical training together to improve his brain. And what he believed in his thinking was, if I improve my visual processing speed, I'll be able to see things better on the field and therefore I'll be able to react better on the field. And, and that year he won the, that his team won their premiership. I don't think they won it last year or no, whenever it was. <laughs> um, for anyone who doesn't know, I think it was two years ago that they won what's called the Super Bowl That's over it. there. And, That's it. And it was uh, pretty much considered one of the best all-time comebacks. Exactly. Led by Tom Brady. Absolutely. Um, in, in certainly recent times for the NFL, if not history. But, you know, he, he's a huge, huge, huge character yep. In, yep. in the USA. And, and you know, it's, it's a massive endorsement of people, athletes of that stature, mm. you know, saying, you know, this is changed. Changed, changed my game, and and just to touch back on Tom, like he he's also in his forties. He's considered an old quarterback, mm-hmm. and uh, doing things now, which I guess the young, you know, the the young people would love to be doing. Exactly, and and he still does his brain training now because he believes that he just needs to keep working on making that keeping that brain faster and smarter. So we're saying, you know, obviously you could be a working professional, but you could very much be an athlete. You could very much be in a very senior role within an organization and still you might think you're very smart and good at what you do, but you could always, he's saying you could always get better. You could always push the boundaries. You could always get that extra few percent with, with this sort of program. If you do the right program, then you can improve your IQ performance by up to 15%. And that's measurable through um, psychological um, testing. I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm, I'm assuming there's not too many other ways you could improve your IQ, like apart from, I don't know, studying or doing a lot of research. Like, how, yeah. How do you compare that to other ways to improve your IQ? You can do that by studying. That's definitely a way because yeah. you're doing really high order thinking and analysis and things like that. There are some jobs that require that really high executive function. I would yeah. hope surgeons would have that, <laughs> you know, that really high thing. Um, Pilots who have to constantly think and readjust and, and things like that attention. and strong attention and make good decisions fast and things like that. Um, so there, there are ways that you can, you know, do that, but, um, and, and making sure that you bring the physical component into this as well. That's very, very important. Making sure that you are eating properly and taking care of your physical things. Because one of the things we do know is that exercise helps when you produce for neurogenesis, which is producing new neurons every day. Right. So it's, it's a balance of, of, you know, having a good physical lifestyle, eating the right foods and also having the correct brain program for you. Yeah. And we, and the research has shown very clearly that if you add the cognitive training in plus all these other things, you're getting a bigger boost. Great. Now, 
where do you see this type of program or your industry going? I mean, you've obviously been in it for a little while. It's definitely getting more popularity with, with people starting to speak out and, and sharing their experience and doing the programs. Is this an exciting time for, for neuroplasticity or, or where do you see this, this going? I'm really excited by this and I'm very passionate about getting this out there. I'm, I really want to see this in schools. I'd like to see all schools testing kids working memory and when they're in preschool so that they can get in and do something about it before it hits the nap plan stage. I'd like to see, um, workplaces put it in their PDR so that every year they have a brain to health screener and they know, okay, my cognitive skills are there. No, they're not there. This is what I can do about it. Um, because, you know, too many times businesses fork out so much money for manage- management, leadership, conflict resolution courses. But if you don't have the neurological capacity there to engage in those things and apply it, then you're wasting money. So take a typical uh, sales organization uh, company, maybe based in the city. They might bring you in and say, we'd love you to do brain health screeners, scans on, on our workforce and you can do that and then identify, right, as a whole, as an organisation, you need to pick up in certain, you know, maybe it be attention to detail or, you know, you need to get more creative or you're actually, you're sitting down on in terms of the focus. Is that is that something you could point out to like seniors and executives? Absolutely. And then as an organisation, this is what you need to do to improve your staff's brain health, which will lead to better performance. We, we know there's research about less absenteeism all those sorts of things. And I guess just to touch back on the IQ point before where you said you can study and do a lot more research to, to you know, increase your, become smarter. I'm, I'm assuming this is a less time consuming process because you're doing, is it computerized programs, which wouldn't take up hours and hours and hours and hours of time, would it? That's right. So there's a combination of computer and non-computer and the computer um, based programs anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes at least three, four times a day, uh, sorry, a week and over a number of weeks. And that could be anywhere from six to 10 weeks, even up to three months, depending on where your screener says that you sort of like uh, need some tweaking in. Well, it sounds like, um, you know, in terms of Australia, there's still quite a lot of work to do in terms of getting, getting this message out there and it's, and it's benefits. And, and like you said, there's always going to be programs which aren't validated properly and probably, cause i guess confusion in the market about what works and what doesn't but uh it sounds like you know there's a lot of corporations that could could jump on board and and should really be trialing this for their their workforce absolutely and and, you know we know this improves mental health and we know this improves productivity and um why would businesses not want to do at least those two outcomes well, I mean, at the end of the day, by helping your staff, if you're, you know, helping your bottom line, if you're getting more investors, if you're becoming a, a stronger business unit with a better brand, why, why wouldn't you invest? Exactly. In, in your staff's brain health. So, um, well, Cheryl, that's, that's very fascinating. Great insight. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot. I think you've really given us a good sort of overview of, of neuroplasticity. Obviously, there's a lot more technical <laughs> mm. to it than that, that we can't cover everything in the podcast. But yeah, thanks for coming in, explaining what it is you do and, and what excites you about the industry. Thank you, Pat. And we look forward to hearing more about your journey. And, and um, you know, if, you've, if you're doing any talks in Australia, we'll, we'll put your details online and people can follow you. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. Thanks, Cheryl. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcenter.com.au.